The Metropolitan Transit Authority formally bans pooping in subways and buses. Seattle hired a former pimp to help them with the streets. And a man discovers a brain washed ashore on a beach. These are the weird stories for Wednesday. This is Weird AF News, and I'm your host, Jonesy. This is the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian. I'm very pleased that you're here with me today. I got three stories from around the world. They're pretty weird. I like them. Let's see if you do. Hey, Mainstream News. Listen to Weird AF News with Jonesy. The Metropolitan Transit Authority will formally ban pooping in the subways in the buses. I don't know what took them so long. I wish they had banned pooping in the subways and buses when I lived there from 2005 to 2016. But, you know, some people are late to the game. They let uh, they let the citizens do whatever they feel like on public transportation for a little while just to see how it plays out. Um, it shouldn't take a genius, though, to know if you've ever ridden a New York City subway or a bus that uh, something should be done about the pooping. And how about uh, the exposing of genitals on those things, which I, I've seen multiple times. I've seen pooping and genital exposition on the MTA on a few occasions. So I'm happy they're getting their shit together. Let's get into the article a little bit. Maybe there's some history here that's worth exploring. Maybe we can find out why it took them so long to ban shit on the subways. (laughs) That you're not supposed to do this should go without saying. But the MTA has decided it needs a rule explicitly banning defecating on the subway. The new rule is on the agenda for an MTA meeting this week. The rule will ban defecating on the city subways, buses, and transit facilities. Transit rules previously mandated $100 fines for strap hangers who, quote, create a nuisance, a hazard, or an unsanitary condition, including but not limited to spitting or urinating. Oh, in fact, I do know uh, an individual, an old friend of mine who did get fined for spitting on the subway tracks. And he was, man, he, he never stopped talking about that. He was so... He was so pissed off about that situation, and I, you know, I, I agreed with him. It's just ridiculous, considering people are pooping everywhere and peeing everywhere. So, like, who cares? Now, creating an unsanitary condition surely includes pooping, but MTA officials think they have to be more specific. They really got to be specific, and you do, and you do, because people are dumb. So you got to get very specific, and the dumber your people, the more specific you have to get. It's like when you buy a. a a kiddie pool, you know, those little pools that are about uh, one foot deep. You have to put no diving in the center of those kiddie pools. You got to get very specific because dummies will try to dive in a foot deep pool and break their neck. It says here transit workers, as you can assume, have struggled for decades with destitute strap hangers soiling the train cars and buses with their human waste unsightly. Uh, in September, a train operator. Well, it is September, September 7th, specifically. A train operator was reportedly soiled with bodily fluid from a customer. Oh, my goodness. They got peed on? Is that what they're saying? Oh, on the L line. Oh, boy. The fact that the MTA has to pass a rule against defecating in a subway car has a lot, says a lot about the environment we work in down there, says a local union transport worker. We don't ride for 20 minutes and then go upstairs. We're down there for entire shifts. You got to see. A rule is nice. A more visible police presence on, u- on platforms and trains would be even better. 
Metropolitan Transit Authority officials in April implemented new emergency rules in response to the pandemic that included the poop ban, as well as ones that barred passengers from taking large shopping carts on the trains. (laughs) Oh, yeah, people take shopping carts. I've seen people bring on the most outrageous items onto the train. Like what, Jonesy? I don't know, like a big wheel from 1989? I mean, do you guys know what a big wheel is? I think people from other countries are Googling big wheel right now. As crazy as it sounds, and as bananas as the New York City subway and transit system is, I can say from first-person experience that the Los Angeles subway system, uh, what goes on in there is exponentially worse. I have seen more crazy things happening on the L.A. transit than I ever had in New York City. And I lived in New York City for uh, 10 years, easily, and they don't even hold a candle to what goes on in the L.A the Los Angeles subway system, um, which is which I do not recommend to anybody. Okay, unless you got a great insurance plan and you carry weapons on you, don't even venture down into the Los Angeles subway system. You know, a lot of people don't even know it exists, which is hilarious. And I can tell you right now, you're going to find a lot more than just poop. The city of Seattle has hired a former pimp to help them with policing. Andre Taylor has a new job as the city of Seattle's street czar after he signed a deal to provide city leaders with recommendations on alternatives to policing the streets. Taylor is a convicted pimp who moved to Seattle in 2016. His responsibility as the street czar of Seattle is to provide recommendations to the city on de-escalation, community engagement, and alternatives to policing. For this service, Seattle will provide him with an office and pay Mr. Taylor $12,500 for the a month for the full year. $12,500 a month. Wow. It's probably better pay than he'd get as a pimp, right? I don't know. I don't know what a pimp gets paid. But it sounds like a good deal for him. I mean, you get that much money and you don't have to be a pimp on the streets, which has got to be a stressful job being a pimp, I'd imagine. I've never been a pimp, but it's probably stressful. I mean, especially right now during a pandemic. You know, being a prostitute or a pimp during a pandemic, I mean, the business has got to drop, right? I'd imagine. I don't know. I don't know the economics of pimping. I just know pimping ain't easy, but it's necessary. So (laughs) how does that line go? Pimping ain't easy, but it's necessary. So I'm chasing ladies like Tom Chase Jerry. Last year, Seattle paid Taylor's organization called Not This Time $100,000 to host a series of lectures called Conversations with the Streets that featured a variety of speakers. In an interview, Mr. Taylor said that he's being paid for a particular genius in a particular area, including the fact that he can speak to gang members, he can speak to pimps, and he can speak to prostitutes who normally won't sit down with anybody else. They certainly won't sit down and have conversations with the police or politicians. So that's where Andre steps in. He can connect these people. And I think this is brilliant for Seattle to try something like this. Uh, You get somebody from the streets to help you with working with the streets. And by working with the streets, I don't mean like policing the streets. I mean working with the streets to come up with solutions that work for all parties involved. Clearly, Seattle has a a situation going on, and it's, it's really boiling over. So desperate times cause for desperate measures. Obviously, hiring a former pimp is a desperate measure, but he's somebody that's 
clearly credible. They've hired his organization in the past. It sounds to me like he knows what the hell he's doing. I think this is a great move, and I think other cities should should uh, monitor this and you know see what the outcome is, and maybe adopt a similar plan if it works. But maybe I'm crazy. Maybe getting a pimp involved is a bad idea. What do you guys think? Call the show, 646-450-2012. Did I ever tell you the time I got my hair cut by a pimp named Easy Lee Coleman um, in Wichita, Kansas? Anyone? That's a story for another time. <laughs> but but it's true. It's absolutely true. Yay! A man is shocked to discover a brain washed up on the beach. Where did this brain come from? Whose brain is this? The mystery behind the brain that washed up on the beach. Let's get into the story. A Wisconsin man was strolling along the beach, along the shore, enjoying the sunset, gathering his thoughts, thinking about the pandemic and where he'd rather be. He was then stunned after discovering an animal brain wrapped in aluminum foil had washed up on the shore. How do you know it's an animal brain? Couldn't it be a human brain? James Senda was hunting for sea glass. <laughs> sea glass. James just having a good old time by himself hunting for sea glass to bring home to his dogs. He was at Samuel Myers Park in Racine, Wisconsin, when he came across a package wrapped in aluminum foil with a pink rubber band wrapped around it. It was in the shape of a brick. Suspecting the package contained money or even drugs and overcome with curiosity, James unwrapped the package, only to discover a brain, along with pink flowers and some foreign money. <laughs> That's so bizarre. Pink flowers and foreign money. What country is the money from, James? Tell us. Here's a quote. When I first opened it, I think I was so shocked it didn't, it didn't click what it was right away. I, was, I walked up to some city workers nearby, and I was like, hey, guys, I, I think I just... Found a brain. D did I just find a brain? You want to take a look at this? James wasn't sure what or who the brain belonged to. And what about the money? The police said that the brain did not belong to a human. But medical examiners are unsure what animal it actually came from. Well, it's a relief to know it's not from a human, although that makes a more interesting story. And we'd have to dive deeper. And then a case would be, have to be opened about the the mystery of the brain that washed up on the beach. Some member of the community suspect the brain may have been part of a send-off ritual for the dead, which includes items such as money and flowers they can use in the afterlife. But no one can explain the brain exactly. The brain was in great shape, not decomposed at all, larger than the size of James's extended hand. James says, I'm glad I'm the one who found it, I'll tell you. Imagine a grandma or a mom or a child that was playing nearby was the one who saw and unwrapped that brain. I mean, I'm 47 and I'm freaked out about it, I tell you. It's crazy. I mean, imagine a grandma opening it, you know? Or what about a blind person opening it and then having to feel around and discovering that it's a brain while handling it, you know? I mean, I barely touched the thing. I was frightened, of course. And then what about the money, man? The money and the flowers. What is this, a care package? Someone sent somebody a brain and flowers and money in a pandemic care package. They just floated it out to the ocean and hoped it landed on the right beach to somebody that could use such items. I can't wrap my head around it, man. I am freaked out. 
You know, I've been telling everybody. I took a photo and put it on my Instagram. People are freaking. I tell you right now, I hope we find out what kind of animal this is from. I mean, I'm wondering if it's edible, to be honest with you. I know some people eat brains, you know. Um, it's a thing, you know. And of course, if you put A1 sauce or barbecue on anything, even honey mustard, you can make anything taste amazing. You know what I mean? A little tapatio on the brain. I think that's a good time. You know, you can crunch it up. You know, put brain in a taco. I mean, it's doable, man. It's doable. If you guys couldn't figure it out halfway through, that wasn't the quote. I just kind of took it along its own storyline. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself, guys. But if you or anyone you know has any information on whose brain this is, where it came from, please contact the Racine, Wisconsin authorities. Hey, my friends and loyal listeners of Weird AF News, I appreciate you. Please tell a friend about the show if you think they might enjoy a daily weird news podcast that talks about brains and women marrying trees and whatnot. <laughs> also, want a bigger, bigger? I want a bigger. I want to give a bigger shout out. <laughs> I want to give a big shout out to Kelly Regan who joined my Patreon. Yes, Kelly. Welcome to the Patreon. The Patreon welcomes you. Please enjoy the extra content that's weird and that lies therein. That you have now unlocked by coming and by becoming an exclusive. Oh boy! By becoming an exclusive patron, um, you guys can join the Patreon as well, like Kelly did, because she adores me. And uh, you can join for a couple of bucks a month, which is like buying Jonesy a cup of coffee. Uh, very cheap, in other words, and you get extra content, bonus episodes, and whatnot. Just ask Kelly what you get; she'll tell you. She's probably going to give it a thumbs up, I'd imagine, aren't you, Kelly Regan? Yes, you are, and that's why I love you. Uh, the Patreon is at patreon.com slash weirdafnews. There's also a link in the description of the podcast, depending on the podcast player you're listening to. Uh, you can also go to weirdafnews.com and click on the Patreon on the front page right there and join the Patreon now. Uh, you'll enjoy it. I promise you. What else did I want to say? Ooh, uh, oh, I got a nice review. Oh, yeah, we love reviews. This was on uh, Apple Podcasts in Canada. Uh, somebody named... Cuckoo Cool gave me a review on September 20th that I uh, I never got around to reading. It just says, awesome. You are awesome. That's all I can say. I'm in Canada, and I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Cuckoo Cool, as I do most of my Canadian fans. Um, man, I got to get up to Canada, guys. I mean, not this time of year, but when it, when it's warm, I'll get up there. When, when it's warm and there's no pandemic, got to go up there, do some comedy shows, record a live Weird AF News episode somewhere. I don't know where I would go. Um, I'd have to find out where most of my Canadian friends are. Major major cities up there I'd imagine I would go to. Um, I've only been to Montreal. It's the only Canadian metropolit- uh, metropolitan area that I've ever been to, and I had a great time. I've been up there a few times, actually. Because when you live in when you when you're born and raised in Massachusetts, one of the things that you must do apparently when you turn 18 is drive up to Canada, and drink your face off in the bars up there and go to strip clubs. And I want to say on behalf of um, a lot of drunk American teenagers, uh, Canada and Montreal specifically, I, we are sorry. I am so sorry that we go up there and do that to your city. Um, you just throw up and urinate all over it when we're 18 years old because we can't really handle our booze for many of us it's our first strip club experience so we just go crazy up there um i had a great time but i i'm definitely ashamed at some of the things i did up there debauchery 
for sure. But I did spend a lot of money, and so that's pretty good, right? Um, but I also, maybe not me specifically, but definitely my friends I witnessed caused a lot of damage as well. So maybe it evens out. <laughs> but, but man, I love Montreal. I love my Canadian fans. I love you. Cool, cool, cool for your review. If you guys would like to leave a review, it's so helpful. Go to, um, well, you can do it on most of your podcast players, but specifically Amazon and, and iTunes would be really helpful. Um, and most people have an Amazon account. Just look up Weird AF News on Amazon, and uh, you can actually Google Weird AF News Amazon, and uh, it'll come up. You can leave a review on there. All you need is an Amazon account. Uh, what else did I want to say? Oh, yeah, follow me on Instagram at Funny Jones. You can call the show, 646-450-2012, and you can email me articles or drop me a note, funnyjones at gmail.com. I appreciate all of you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hey, Jonesy, it's Gus from Western New York. Oh, yeah, a garbage truck is driving by right now. Well, just to let you know, from Rochester, New York, I am safe. Don't worry. That shooting did happen close to my house. Well, not that close, but within a couple miles. But I'm safe. Don't worry. I wouldn't be out of the party anyway with COVID. But I wanted to call about the littering. I used to live up in Saranac Lake in the Adirondacks and go to Paul Smith's College for culinary and baking and pastry. And, um, well, by the way, um, they take littering very seriously up there in the Adirondacks. I mean, of course, you find the campsites where people are trash and trash and, you know, trash leaves trash. So, but I know three people that received littering tickets for Flicking cigarette butts out of their car windows while driving uh, on Route 3 up there. The state troopers did not take too kindly to that because it could start fires too. So if you're in the Adirondacks, don't flick a cigarette butt out your window. Keep that in your car. Just to let you guys know a little PSA from your old friend Gus. Hey, Jonesy, I heard your Florida Friday story about the cocaine that was found on top of the bacon. You got the story backwards, man. You said maybe he's trying to use the cocaine to flavor the bacon. You said something about apple-flavored bacon, you know, like maple-flavored bacon and black pepper-flavored bacon. Nope, it's the other way around, man. You got it backwards. Everything is bacon-flavored, bacon-scented candles, bacon-flavored coffee, bacon-flavored everything, bacon-flavored apples, bacon-flavored tuna, everything's bacon-flavored. So he was making bacon-flavored cocaine. I mean, who could resist anything that's bacon-flavored? That's what it was, man, bacon-flavored cocaine. You couldn't resist that if you were looking to sell that on the corner. Man, who's going to miss out on that? Mm, bacon. <laughs>